All right, Nick Smart, week 17 of the National Football League starting. There are interesting things afoot in that uh, the playoffs are not completely sorted out in part because of having seven teams instead of six, but mostly uh, it feels like things are generally set due to there only being one playoff by, and we're seeing teams that are in the playoffs not actually caring about their seeding and resting guys like the Steelers. My question to you is fairly straightforward. Uh, do you believe that is the right move for teams to have their guys take a week off uh, and not position themselves around the playoffs? I, as a fan, would like to see no one rest ever. Uh, I think uh, a rule similar to the NBA's new uh, back-to-back policy would serve well in the NFL. I don't like to see guys uh, sit out. And I think just from a fantasy football perspective, it's a shame that we can't make use of Week 17 whatsoever. Um, Anybody who still has their league going this week is really playing with fire at this point. I couldn't imagine being a Pat Mahomes owner in a fantasy league that's not complete yet. So, yeah, I mean, I want to see players play at all times. That's always going to be my stand. What is the NBA's back-to-back policy? Well, they've cracked down on it. Um, there's no more sitting or quote-unquote resting guys anytime it's a national broadcast spot. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That was That's the rule that came out because of, uh, I think it was Duncan, right? It was Pop was just giving guys days off all the time. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the first one. He was really a pioneer uh, when it comes to, I guess, quote-unquote, rest management. Yeah, but, and, the, uh, and then the Raptors completely ran afoul of the situation yeah. uh, and, and but claimed it was due to injury, so they, they got a pass. And then Kawhi played last year on Kawhi rules anyway, so. Yeah, no, it sounds like uh, him and Paul George had the run of the place last year. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to know what that's going to be like this year. Um but that's, that's a talk for when there is fewer football games to discuss. All right, let's kick things off. Uh, no Thursday, no weekend games. This is the typical Week 17 where we have uh, morning games, evening games, and one night game, which is a bit of a stinker, but we'll live with that. Uh, kicking it off, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay doesn't really have a lot to play for. They're clinched into the playoffs here. Um, still favored by six and a half. Uh, I've got any team I think that is going into the playoffs and is still playing. You can assume I am going to be taking them when they are facing a team that uh, is not going into the playoffs. So give me Tampa Bay at home here. What do you got? I was impressed with how Atlanta played for spots last week. Uh, I still stand by my statement all year. Uh even going back to the preview shows when I was quite high on the Falcons, I, I still think they have the talent to beat anybody on any given Sunday. I initially wanted to take them here, but then I realized that Tampa Bay is still competing for the five seed. And by way of the five seed, they would then play the winner of the NFC East. So much easier path that way. Uh, Bruce Aarons has been coy with the media uh, in typical Bruce Aarons fashion this week. I chalk that up to gamesmanship. I fully expect Brady. I fully expect everybody to be uh, all systems go in this game. So I'm taking Tampa. I think the line is what six and a half. That's what I've got here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing six and a half on Sports Interaction. Uh, I mean, Atlanta's been playing some 
some uh, admirable ball in what is a lost season. But I, I'm going to say Tampa Bay covers that six and a half. Uh, worth noting for Atlanta, they started out 0-5. Um, so... They've played themselves back into respectability. I well, I mean, my my point was really going to be that, like, you know, after you fire Dan Quinn, all of a sudden, you know, this team comes back and ends up going four and six. Uh, that's not to say that's the kind of outcome you're looking for, but I think this team was a lot better. I, I think bad coaching uh, really mm-hmm. put them behind the eight ball here. And it's given Raheem more second life. Uh, whether he gets the interim tag removed and he's made the the you know the guy the long term guy here, I think it's safe to say he's going to get another look as a head coach elsewhere in the years going forward. And just I mean you know with the dismissal of Dan Quinn came the dismissal of uh, a guy I've talked about a lot on this podcast over the years and Thomas Dimitrov, and I've now since noticed that he's on the list of interviewees for the Detroit Lions job. So, Which would be so perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the retread league. It's who you know. It's not necessarily what you know. He was a Bill Belichick buddy, so, I mean, he's going to get chance after chance after chance. Yeah, I was watching that Fox broadcast, uh, I guess, on Christmas Day, and they were talking about Spielman being the you know special assistant to the owner there. And... Yeah. I think it was uh, Aikman who said, like, I like him. He's an old school guy. And I'm like, that's not what you want right now. <laughs> that's not a plus attribute. Yeah. Um, the league is changing so <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> like, you don't Next want... gen stats, yeah. sabermetrics, all that stuff. Yeah. You're like, give me one of these guys who wants to go out there and crack someone in the head and get a 15 yard penalty mm-hmm. every time. Like, former career inside linebacker. Yeah, so and and that role's even changed so so much. So, you know, I I think it's disappointing to see some of these guys getting other shots when there's people that are obviously revolutionizing. But on the Raheem Morris front, I I think he's a lock to get a job this year. If it's not yep. with Atlanta, he's going to end up somewhere else. And yep. that kind of thinking leads me to think he'll be with Atlanta because these yep. teams yep. hate to like have the risk of oh we let this guy go and now he's leading this other team to a super bowl mm-hmm. um they'd rather just keep him in house yep and i hate to say it but the writing's on the wall he does satisfy any Rooney rule obligations and makes the process a lot easier on him. yeah um dallas cowboys at the new york football giants uh not so long ago the dallas cowboys looked completely out of it uh, they are now in a position where if they win and Washington loses, they are the NFC East champions. I believe that Dallas should be favored in this game. To put it uh, <laughs> kindly, you know, Danny Dimes was not good as a thrower, and they unlocked some potential by getting him to use his athleticism and run a little more this year. Uh, and And I think that was good was clearly a positive for the team. But then he injured his 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 runners. What was it? A hamstring, a leg, a knee, something. He couldn't run anymore. Um, and now they're still running him out there trying to get him to be a pocket passer without running. He is not a good pocket passer. Um, I read something on Reddit the other day where, where people were like, oh, well, the jury's still out on Danny Dimes. It's not. He's bad. When he can't run, he can't throw. Um, that was a bad draft pick when it happened. Everyone called it a bad draft pick when it happened. 
He hasn't shown anything to make us think differently of that. Uh, so I'm taking Dallas here. I still don't think Danny Dimes can run the ball. Uh, so I, I will not be supporting the New York football Giants. What do you got here? No, I mean, I completely agree about the Danny uh, Danny Jones take there. Thing is, is we knew this by the end of last year, right? I mean, we didn't need to see this year. Um, and I feel like history is kind of repeating itself in kind of like a parallel paradox universe over in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky. I think Trubisky's played himself into another year next year, and I think we all know where that's going to get us this time next year. Talking about the same old shit. Uh, as far as the Giants go, this game comes down to a matter of roster talent for me. Simple as that. Uh, even though Zach Martin's going to be missing for Dallas, I still think they have enough to get the job done. Zeke finally showed some life last week, albeit after Fletcher Cox left the game. Uh, I just don't see where the Giants are going to be able to make enough plays on defense. I mean... Uh, other than Leonard Williams, uh, other, really other than that D-line. I mean, that's one thing that can be spoken about right now for the Giants is what they've done with the D-line. The Leonard Williams trades finally worked out. I wish he would have played like this with the Jets. Uh, Dexter Lawrence has helped out Dalvin Tomlinson. They've got some big boys. It, it's almost a, a poor man's version of the Washington D-line, may I say. But, yeah, they're in trouble here. I, and I'm surprised the line's only minus three for Dallas. I think they easily cover that. I think they win this by seven at least. The New York Jets have won two football games in a row. Uh, Hard to believe. Somehow making Cleveland the most Cleveland team you've ever seen. And, you know, this could change from this week, but as it stands right now, uh, the standings for most touchdowns thrown in Gillette Stadium this year are jo is Josh Allen 4, Cam Newton 2. I'm taking the Jets here. I see nothing on the offensive side of the ball with New England that makes me think they can do anything. The Jets' defense, since Greg Williams has been fired, has looked much better. And New England is bad. Like, Gilmore's out. I don't see... You know, they had all those COVID uh, stepbacks in the offseason. So, their defense is bad. Their offense is bad. The fucking people telling bill when to review a play is doing bad like that team's bad and it's only belichick's coaching that got them to six wins i think the talent level on new england is maybe worse than the jets maybe worse than cincinnati maybe worse than jacksonville um and so for that reason give me the jets here what do you got i want to pick against the jets because i feel like I feel like given everything we've seen this year and Belichick's history against this team, I just feel like it's probably the responsible thing to do, but I can't do it. I mean, they just beat two pretty decent football teams, no matter what you think about, you know, the Browns against that Jets team. And I know the Rams are a bit banged up now, but I don't know. It's like you said, I mean, we haven't seen anything out of the Patriots. Now, if I got word, this hour that Jared Stidham was starting the game, I'd have to reevaluate things. Uh, I think we all know we're going to see Stidham at some point. Uh, going forward with Cam, I mean, I don't where's even know he going to be next? Like, why would you? He can't well, go back you know, to he... New England. There's no way. No, no, he, exactly. He won't be back. And uh, a lot of people are connecting Jimmy G to, to that to that dot there. I, I just, 
I think this is a good show to start wondering going forward where some of these guys are going to be. And I, th- I think it's safe to say Cam Newton's going to have to settle into a backup role as soon as next year. I don't see any situation where he's a starter. Yeah. The the only, and, the only place that makes sense to me is Baltimore, but I think they're perfectly happy with RG3 there. Oh, is it bad? Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, Yeah, I, I, I don't know where the fit will be off the top of my head. I really don't. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to wash out of the out of the league just yet. I, I think he'll be back for the next couple of years as kind of like a Jameis Winston style backup. But I mean, if teams ideally with a backup quarterback, you'd like a guy who can come in and throw the ball. And I mean, if he's going to not, if it's going to be the reputation league wide that the guy can't throw the ball, then I'm not even sure what good he is it's having a backup. Not to mention personality wise. I mean. You know, is he even going to be the most suitable guy to have in the locker room as a backup? I had such a great laugh watching that Monday Night Football broadcast where, and I was saying to my wife as we were watching it, like, I think it's one of my pet peeves, and it's not new. They've always done it. It's this bullshit where they're the partners of the league, right? They're not really commentators, they're fucking salesmen. Because they're all there going, you know, you talk to anybody and they'll tell you, uh, Cam Newton's a great guy, real good guy. Here's his workout. He gets up in the morning and real early doesn't drink his coffee till late and everybody loves him what a great guy and i'm like okay guys um so i guess you decided to just not talk about his football play at all because you couldn't say anything nice about that so we're just gonna stick with the the other shit that doesn't matter here you know yeah i mean nobody gives a shit if you're a good guy it's the nfl Uh, mike nolan drafted alex smith number one overall over Aaron Rodgers because he thought he was a good guy because he saw you hold held the door open for his mother i mean who gives a shit it, you know, it's it's what you do on the field. So, yeah, I agree. I have no time for that. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you that I think it is more unlikely than it is likely for Cam Newton to not have a job next year anywhere. But I think it's on the table for the, exactly the reason you said. Like, if your backup can't throw the, throw the ball, this guy's going to end up with 17 starts. Well, 16 starts by the time this season's over. And what's he going to have to show for it? Yeah, it's looking like he's going to throw for the least amount of touchdown passes from a full-time starter since I think it was Trent Dilfer back in 1995. Yeah. And we all know what, you know, how different of a league it is since 1995. So it really speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, Arizona, I I guess, is another place he could go as a backup. But, like, that's – if he doesn't get one of those two jobs, I just don't know where he goes. I don't think it will be early in the process – yeah. I think it will be late in the process, and it might even take a camp injury for him to uh, put in the paper. And in all fairness, you know, I don't know him personally, but I'm willing to wager that he has some interest outside of football just based on the way he dresses, if not, you know, fashion ambition. So maybe he'll be the type of guy that will just want to move on to that right away. I'm sure he's made more than enough money. Yeah, he. I, I mean, he absolutely made his money. Um, he's just never been an elite level thrower. And so I just don't see now that his legs are gone. I don't, I don't see the upside. No, absolutely. And just quickly to finish up on the jets from an X's and O's perspective. I mean, between Jameson Crowder, Braxton Berrios, uh, Brashad Perryman, uh, Darnold's finally getting it going, moving the chains. I don't know if it was getting word that, you know, the Jaguars are more than likely and now officially going to be getting Trevor Lawrence and maybe he all of a sudden he's back in New York 
uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, the guy's playing with heart, man. Like he's he's not checked out. He he wants to win. He's he's done everything. I I I still think we got to stick with him for another year. I really do. Wow. I, I and I I just assume that's why you know there's there's some correlation between everybody finally just agreeing you have to get rid of Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold playing better. Um, no correlation doesn't equal causation, but uh, it, it seemed questionable to me. For what it's worth, it does sound like Adam Gase was privately notified today that he would be um, among the black Monday firings. Yeah, that's interesting uh, so to me. I feel least... like he had to know that. What? Oh, exactly. Eight, I mean, the right. Ago? Yeah, exactly. The writing was on the wall, but it's nice. At least the Jets fan base can have a collective uh, sigh of relief at that, because really, you know, it. We had this conversation this time last year. I mean, he should have been one of the first five. Um, I think if there's something I learned from Arizona and, and at the time I was skeptical of it, but you know, maybe there is, uh, a real advantage to just recognizing when you made a mistake early and moving on from it, you know, uh, Arizona had, what was it? Steve Wilkes or whatever his name was and Rosen and they were like okay these two guys aren't working out we're gonna move past both of these go in a completely different direction and that organization's uh, turned around pretty significantly absolutely uh, let's do Minnesota at Detroit so Minnesota for a time looked like they had a fighting chance against New Orleans until they didn't um, very early in that game it looked like it was going to be just like the Alvin Kamara Jared Cook show and then the Jared Cook show fell off a little bit and then New Orleans ran away with it. Uh, I, and I'm not really blaming Jared Cook for that. He, he wasn't, you, you know, getting every single touch and I'm sure there were some uh, cousins and completions in there and everything. Are we talking Dalvin Cook here? Yes. Thank you. I yeah. always fuck up his name. Well, um, hey man, I mean, they were playing each other, right? Yeah. Like it, it's not like, they were both in this game, right? In fairness, though, if they were not playing each other, I would still get that wrong. I get <sighs> I get the Cooks mixed up all the time. It's, yeah. it's about um, breaking news, too. It sounds like Dalvin's father's passed yeah. away. Awful news there. It sounds like he's going to miss this game. Yeah, that's. I mean, it makes sense. This game doesn't mean anything. Nope. You know, honestly, even if it did, maybe that would still be more important. Um, yeah, uh, T's and P's to him. Um. I've got Minnesota here because I think they're so much better than Detroit, and I'm pretty sure Matthew Stafford isn't going to start. I, I mean, fuck, I hope he's not going to start. There's that guy's so beat up. There's no reason to run him out there in a nothing game for, a tough for zero a fans. He is yeah. a tough son of a bitch. I'll agree with you on that. He, uh, it sounds like he's lobbying to play, but he's dealing with multiple things as we know. Yeah. And but it sounds like the one that may keep him out is a high ankle sprain. Yeah. So. You know, that Detroit backup did nothing to make me uh, believe in anything. <laughs> um, Chase Daniel has made a very uh, lucrative living in the NFL as a backup. I mean, you look at his uh, career earnings, it would make your head spin. Yeah, I think I uh, saw it the other day. It was like over $30 million. Yeah, um, it's it's just out of this world. Um, but yeah, he's just, I mean, it's really hard to find a quality NFL backup quarterback. It really is. Yeah. I mean, John Kittnes don't grow on trees. Yeah. Um, where's Keenum at right now? Because that's a guy that I've always always felt. I think he's backing up Baker still. In, uh, oh yeah, in I think Cleveland. you're right. Yeah. No, and that's a good that's a good backup for them. 
So, look, Minnesota at Detroit, I love uh, the Vikings here just because of how bad Detroit is. I will note, this goes against um, my favorite thing to bet on at the end of an NFL season, which is if you have two teams who are out of it playing each other, just bet the home team. With no fans in the stands, I'm not sure that still holds. So I'm not even I'm, – I'm, you'll you would be amazed at how few of these games i plan to bet on this week um so yeah i think the vikings win i don't think it's close what do you think i'm taking the vikings Uh, i do have concerns obviously with no dalvin so it's looking like i mean even alexander madison is questionable so uh it's looking like it's going to be the mike boone and dare we say amir abdullah revenge game show here Against is, uh, of course, the team that made him a first-round pick in the Lions. But yeah, I'm taking Minnesota. I I love Irv Smith Jr. I love the fact that they're finally getting the former Alabama tight end involved in the offense the way they should be. Uh, the more volume, the better for him. You all know my thoughts on Justin Jefferson. Nothing new there. I'm just really not high on the lines. I mean, other than DeAndre Swift, there's really not much for me to write home about. Uh, I'll point. I'll bring it back to last week when I mentioned Hawkinson. Yeah, he's having a good year. I'm. I'm just not sure he was a Pro Bowl tight end in the NFC this year. We were talking head coaching carousel. I'll be very surprised if uh, defensive coordinator for San Fran Robert Sala doesn't get the Lions head coaching job with his connections to the state of Michigan. I, I really think that makes too much sense not to get done. I think the first move for him and whoever they hire at GM, whether it be Dimitrov or someone else, needs to be what basically uh, Patricia couldn't get done, fix a defense. I think when that offense is healthy, they've got all the pieces there. I mean, maybe shore up the O-line a bit, but I think they found the running back. As long as Kenny Galladay can stay healthy, they have their number one receiver. People speculating on whether Stafford will be back. Yes, I promise you Stafford will be back. Uh, No rookie head coach is going to go in there and run Stafford out of town first year. That's just not a recipe for success. You're better off with him than without him at this point. My question there, though, is uh, if I'm I'm Stafford and you bring in Salah, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Another defensive head coach? Yep, exactly. (laughs) No, don't get – yeah, I mean, Salah is the dinosaur, right? The Vic Fangio's of the dinosaur, right? Very rare – to see uh, a you know a defensive coordinator even get a head coaching job anymore if it's not via the interim process. I think Salah deserves it for the record. He deserves it. But he I don't know that it. this is where it needs to be. Yeah, I I don't expect him to succeed in Detroit like Yeah. Yeah, I if anybody needed an offensive wizard to go in there, I I think it would be Detroit and uh I'm not saying Urban Myers the offensive wizard they need, but Maybe Urban Meyer's the guy they should go after. It sounds like he's seriously entertaining NFL offers, which is puzzling to me because he's been telling college suitors that his health isn't where it needs to be. So um, stay tuned on that one. That could all be horseshit, though, right? Yeah, well, I mean, he did leave Ohio State over health issues. I believe he left Florida for the same reason. So he could either be full of shit or, you know, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, I mean, as far as this game goes, what's the line? Six, six and a half? Uh, I've, yeah, I've got six. seven on the page I'm on. Okay, yeah. yeah I, I would like to think the Vikings cover. I, I really hope it's going to be another big week out of Irv Smith Jr. I, I think that would be the responsible thing to do, set it up for a, a good start to the year next year. 
We'll see if Kyle Rudolph's back. And just a quick final note on that Jets line. I see that it's uh, Jets plus three. I surely believe they cover that. Yeah, I'm I'm taking the money line on that. Um, that's that's going to be one of the few bets I do end up making this week. What are your overall thoughts on someone just betting money lines? Um, it's yeah, that's a good question. So there's there's folks that will tell you. And I, I want to run this experiment next year. I want to set a chunk of my money aside and just, you know, you and I are within five games of each other. So it's not enough that it would like drastically change the outcome and, and just bet money line on every single one of our picks. Yep. Right. Yeah. I've, I've fantasized about that many years. Yeah. Uh, and just see, see how it yep. comes out. Right. Yep. Um, the, the problem is that I, I think to be a successful money line better, you're supposed to be thinking of it uh, in a in a different way, right? That you're supposed to be thinking of it as like, what's the percentage of the time? If we ran this game a hundred times, how many times is this team going to win? And does it fit into that that narrative? And that's not what we do here. We just say like, who do we think is going to win? Which is to say that on a game like baltimore cincinnati here right mm. big discrepancy yeah so who do we think is going to win baltimore 100 percent baltimore yeah. they're you know uh i don't yeah. mean to be skipping ahead here but just for the context of this right yeah but the money but line a, a lot of money to risk for not much reward yeah so i've got a what the site i'm looking at right now has it at minus 800 if you were to bet baltimore uh and cincinnati's plus 550 so I would say this, you've got a Cincinnati team who's won two weeks in a row, who is at home against a division opponent. Two and different quarterbacks, though. I mean, it's two, like, I, I, I thought sure. they were crazy for not putting Ryan Finley out there, but I guess yeah. they were right because they won. Like, you know, I, I I was ready to fire the, off that tweet so quick, and then they won that game, and I was like, yeah, maybe. Well, right. Maybe not, yeah. Um, anyways, they're, they're against a team who can't win the division. Um. And the way the line looks right now at plus 550 on the site I'm looking at, that basically means they just need to win the game, uh, what would it be, 20%? A little under 20% of the time. So I think that's where the value is, right? Like if I'm just looking at it from a value proposition, I think, yeah, Baltimore probably wins this game 75% of the time. And I I will take that 5% of value and end up betting Cincinnati probably. Um Understanding that 75% of the time I still lose that money. Uh, so, yeah, I think – I do I think you can make money just betting money money lines? Yeah. I think uh, I've made most of my money betting money lines, to be honest. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. But the money's to be made betting dogs. It's hard yeah. to make money betting favorites. Yeah. No. Uh, so. It is. I like – I mean, I always try to tell myself there's no shame in winning five bucks. There's no shame yeah. in winning ten bucks. It's just, you know, you ha- it sucks how much you have to risk if you're going to bet a favor on the money line, right? Yeah, absolutely. And with the way the NFL works, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to miss a lot of them, right? I mean, there's a lot of favorites that get upset no matter how much you want to tell yourself it's a chalk league. It is in any given Sunday league. I'll, I'll tell you, it was not looking like in any given Sunday league for a while there like 
There was the Las Vegas win over Kansas City earlier in the year. But aside from that, big favorites were just, they were winning, right? They weren't always covering, mm-hmm. but they were winning. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was like just on the reg, always happening. And I bet you there are some people who got absolutely crushed in these last couple weeks where they had just been betting against the Jets, betting against yeah. Cincinnati, betting against Jacksonville, you know. They thought they had, they thought they had it all figured out. Yeah, right? And they're like, ah, well. And and then, you know, maybe they lost, you know, two weeks ago and were like, well, they're not going to win two in a row and came right back, yeah. you know, heavier the, than the ever. Gam- <laughs> the gambler's fallacy going down with the ship. Yeah. Roulette. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I think there's those kind of betters got fucking destroyed in the last two weeks. Um, and that's the stuff that Vegas always loves. Like Vegas wants that because the thing they're most afraid of are the guys putting together those three team, four team, five team parlays of like, you know, if, if you were going to do one this week, it would look like uh, Baltimore. Cle- I mean, Cleveland's still a little risky, but you do like Baltimore, Indy, um, Seattle, Tennessee, right? Just, just straight money line bets. Um, Four favorites. Four favorites. Four big favorites, right? Um, so if I just do Seattle, Tennessee, Baltimore, it's minus 106. So I could lay 106 to win 100, right? Just money line. They Vegas hates those. Those are a fucking nightmare for them, right? So whenever one of these favorites gets knocked off just on the money line, they're like, okay, great. You know, people think they look at the money line and they're like, Oh, they're going to hate having to pay out the plus 290. No, what they don't want to pay out are these fucking big bets at even money where people are just stacking favorites. That's the stuff they're afraid of because there's way more money in those. I was listening to a guy talk the other day about how um, he had a group. This guy who used to be a bookmaker, Matthew Holt. And he was talking about how there was a group that was betting college football at his sports book back when he was still booking. He's like these guys would come in and bet a hundred thousand dollars to win four thousand, right? Like just the big, big favorites, you know, Ohio State versus our mother of Mary, whatever, right? Mm. Um, and they were just like, yeah, four percent, four percent's a great return. Let's do it, you know. Over and over and over again. And he said he was like they went like two years and didn't hit a landmine, just. 100,000 to win 4,000, 100,000 to win 6,000, 100,000 to win 3,000, right? You, you think, like, who's doing this? There's guys out there doing it. Um, and I remember talking to my board or my VP or, you know, whoever he said, and he was like, do we like do we keep taking these guys' action? Like, they're just killing us on this. And they're like, no. He was like, it was a discussion, but, like, ultimately we decided to keep taking the action. And sure enough, in that, mind's coming. In that third year, yeah, it's, you know, 100,000 to win 4,000. Boom. Right? Okay, come back the next week. 100,000 to win 3,000. Boom. These guys just got totally, like, zeroed by the time it was all done. So, um, you know, these guys make money. All right. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Speaking of making money, you would have made money if you bet Cleveland at minus 6.5. Sports Interaction has at 10.5 right now. Bet 365 sitting at 9. Um Ben's not going to play. I'm sure TJ's not going to play. I would not be shocked if Juju wasn't playing. 
I personally think Juju's not playing because he was posting lots of pictures of like fatty foods on his Instagram this week. So like he isn't usually posting like burgers and fries. And this week he's like, here's my, here's my chicken fingers and fries. And I'm like, mm, I don't think you're working on your nutrition too hard this week, bud. So uh, give me Cleveland. Uh, listen, Mason Rudolph revenge game is going to be a fun thing to bet on. And I'll probably put 20 bucks on it the day of just for shits and giggles. But uh, I don't think it's a real bet. Uh, what do you got here? Yeah, it's cool how that lines up, given uh, the uh, NFL history that we are all aware of. Um, yeah, no, I I got to take the Browns there. I, I mean, with what we've seen recently out of Pittsburgh, and then now you're going to tell me Mason Rudolph's under center. We all saw how, how that went last year. And I, I still have a lot of concerns about the running game. Um, what are they, ranked like dead last right now? Yeah, well, they just don't run the fucking ball. No, I, yeah. I know. That, that is a problem. Scheme is a problem. But, um, but also I think talent is too. Uh, do I have concerns about how Cleveland came out against the Jets last week? I mean, boy, was I wrong about that game script for the Browns running backs. Uh, I thought Nick Chubb was going to be fantasy player of the week. Boy, was I ever wrong about that. It just goes to show I you. I took a fucking bath on that one. Yeah, I mean, and I thought... You know, that was very safe, easy money. Uh, famous yeah. last words, huh? Yeah. Uh, it just goes to show you, like, whether you're talking, you know, gambling or fantasy, game script is everything. I mean, you can draft superstar players, but if they're either on the sideline or a victim of bad game script, whether they're running back in a blowout or a receiver in the other side of the blowout, I mean, it's just game script is everything I, I really can't underline that enough as far as this game goes I, I like I said I'm going to take the Browns uh, and I surely with Mason Rudolph under center I think they can cover that 10 and a half but Baker Mayfield is so up and down you, you, he puts together these stretches it almost uh, kind of Nick Mullins Jekyll and Hyde stuff um, I don't think Cleveland's going anywhere this year but I think they're you know they're going to make the playoffs and lose their first game is what I think is going to happen. I think Cleveland's defense is much worse than we give them credit for. I think they've got some names. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, the it's the defensive secondary that's killing them. Their, yeah. their blue chip corners can't stay healthy. They've got nobody at safety. They've got a good D line and, and like a, a linebacker or two, but that's it. Yeah. I also have a more than a few questions about how that game script ended up. I get that you had four receivers go down. Um, and from what I could tell, the Jets were putting eight or nine men in the box. So fine. Um, and you were down early. It was 13 to three in the second quarter. However, they still had their three tight ends though. And, and those are three good tight ends. You got Nick Chubb on your fucking team. You should not have a scenario where you're down four wide receivers and you throw the ball 53 times and give Chubb 11 carries. That's insane. Yeah, they uh, they got away from the run game too early. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't just, just say that because I had the over on his rushing yards. It's just like, it, that. that's just bad game management. You're This is a team that is not going to win football games if they do not uh, run the ball. And in a weird way, maybe the Jets showed the answer to beating the Cleveland Browns. Right, if you can just pack the box with nine guys and Baker's not going to be able to throw the ball over the top, then who cares? Just do that, play the middle of the field, make him throw it long, and he can't. 
Just one final word on the Browns and uh, their tight end uh, three-headed conundrum. I know they're high on rookie Harrison Bryant. I know they temporarily made Austin Hooper the richest uh, player at the position in the sport. But I, I still think they're doing themselves a disservice by not using David Njoku more. Um, I think even if a team has already decided that they'll be moving on from a player, I still don't think it should prevent you from using him appropriately while you still have him. I, I think he's a plus athlete. I, I think uh, his best football is yet to come. And I, I really thought he was in a good spot to get more usage last week with all those receivers out. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think he's a, a potential playmaker for them. I Tight ends in general. I, I just, I feel like usage needs to, to go up with these guys i think a lot of these guys are underused and i hope i expect and i hope that over the next half decade or so uh not only are we going to see more darren waller types uh bigger wide receivers playing tight end um not necessarily weighing as much as we would think a traditional tight end would weigh but i just i feel like teams are going to start using these guys more i feel like they should and they need to and they will but i just don't feel like we're there yet Uh, Baltimore at Cincinnati, we talked about this game a little bit. I think Baltimore is more likely than not to win this game. I'm not going to be super shocked if Cincinnati does, especially since, uh, you know, Baltimore needs to win to be in because my understanding is basically that it's, um, so who's in there now? It's Baltimore, Miami, Cleveland, and that Indy needs one of those three teams to lose for them to take that spot. And a a win against Jacksonville, yeah. Yeah. Um, So... These guys are still going to be playing. Um, I expect them to still be playing relatively hard. So I, I will not – listen, Cincinnati's done it before where they sent the Bills to the playoffs. Uh, I think it was two years ago there. So um, not that that matters for this game. I think they have a shot. I don't think it is likely. Give me Baltimore. What do you say? I can't figure out for sure who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Bengals. I would have to assume it's going to be Allen considering he just got that win. Uh, I really want, like I said earlier, I really wanted to see more Ryan Finley uh, last week after what he did against the Steelers. They obviously think Brandon Allen has the slightly better arm, but I, I thought Finley gave them more of a chance to win ball games. And last I checked, uh, wins were what it was all about. As far as this game goes, I don't see it being very competitive. I think the Ravens cover that minus 13 that I'm seeing on Sports Interaction. And, yeah, I mean, the Ravens still have a lot to play for. They can't afford a loss here. And the Bengals don't. And they're quite banged up. They're pretty much missing anybody of note. Yeah, I I just I see this being maybe the biggest blowout of the week. Ravens win easy here. Uh, Miami at Buffalo. Uh, Similar situation. Miami playing for something. I'm not sure. I, I will not be shocked if Josh Allen sits this game. Um. I'm picking Miami here because I expect Buffalo to be resting some guys. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Dolphins. What do you got here? Just like the Bengals scenario, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting an official word on who's going to be under center for the Dolphins. Um, in a very strange move, after Fitzpatrick came in, worked his magic, and won that game, Brian Flores then went to the media and said Tua was going to start this week. 
said, you know, two is still my guy. He's going to be the guy against, uh, against Buffalo. But that was in the immediate aftermath of last week. We still haven't really heard anything official this week. Let's we, face it. Can we talk about that for one second? Yeah. I actually agree with that. I, I think the gamesmanship. No, not the gamesmanship per se. Because it reminds me of Todd Peterson uh, with the whole Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz thing the past couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, that's fucking nonsense. I actually think the approach that he's been taking, because this is the second time that they've sat Tua down in the second half and had um, Fitzpatrick come in to try to orchestrate a second half comeback. And I I actually think that's the right approach. The The logic... If, if I understand his thinking correctly, and he hasn't just openly talked about this because this isn't a thing you would ever openly talk about, right? It's that Tua is a low-variance quarterback. Tua is going to take care of the football. He's not going to turn it over. He's not going to offer you the same big plays, but he's going to offer, uh, let's say, a, a medium level of offensive upside, right? Um, against a better defense, he has a harder time, obviously. I thought Kurt Warner's commentary about him not understanding what NFL Open is was was really, really smart. And for those of you that didn't have a chance to watch the game, it was basically saying like, hey, like if you have a guy on your hip, but you're half a step ahead of him, you're open in the NFL. You know, at Alabama, you're usually open by like seven steps. You can see, you know, you, you know, you could drive a car between you and the other guy. And, and Tua hasn't quite figured out um, what that looks like in the NFL. So... I like the idea of like, we're going to start a game even, we're going to come out, we're going to run this. As long as this is working, if we're winning the game and we don't, you know, we don't want to turn the ball over, we don't want to let the other team back in the game, then we're going to stick with two and we'll be fine. But if we get into a situation where we're down and we need to be more aggressive on offense and move the ball downfield, then we're going to bring Fitzpatrick in because we're already losing. And so if he throws an interception, it's like, all right, well, we were already losing. Now we lose harder fine it you know who cares um but the upside is that maybe he does what he did on i guess it was uh saturday and turn things around does that make sense yeah no it does absolutely i just think like if that is what we can all agree on then we should all be able to agree on that fitzpatrick gives them the best chance from the jump right oh no but i see i don't think i don't think you do because he also gives you the best chance of going out there and throwing a pick and you're down yeah, yeah. 14 Losing miserably. in the yeah, first I, quarter. I get, yeah. I get it. High risk. Yeah. High risk. I, I get it. I get it. I just, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out of Tua. And I know we live in a dangerous uh, immediate gratification world with these uh, first round NFL quarterbacks. I mean, not everybody can be a Pat Mahomes or a Justin Herbert who congrats, by the way, on setting the rookie TD passing record. Yeah, pretty um, much a lock for offensive rookie of the year, I would think. Yeah, I mean, even the the year Justin Jefferson's had, you have to give it to Herbert at this point, absolutely. Yep. Would have been interesting to see what Burrow could have put together if he hadn't shredded his knee, but yep. uh, it's got to be Herbert at this point, Um, which is laughable when you go back to quotes at Anthony Lynn saying, you know, he's a backup for a reason and he's not ready yet and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's another topic for another day, maybe Black Monday appropriately. Um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, to me, it should be Fitzpatrick in this game. If they're serious about winning, 
if two is out there, then I interpret that as them not being serious about winning this football game. I actually, I, I, I think just the to best... finish up on, go ahead, just go ahead. to finish up on Tua. Like I, you know, I'm not seeing what I saw at Alabama. Whether we'll see that next year, I'm already and maybe Lee, maybe you know, dangerously early, and maybe I'm a biased Jets fan and I want to see the Dolphins fail. But I don't know if the Dolphins have their guy in Tua. Yeah, his deep ball does not look good, but his accuracy is pretty impressive yep. on, on short and, routes. And we now have official word that that Jeremy Tunsil Texans pick will be a top five pick. I know. So assuming Lawrence goes one, the Jets have a, a tough uh, – I mean, if the Jets decide they're keeping Darnold, they got to trade out of number two because it's either going to be Justin Fields at Ohio State or Kyle Trask, number two. And, you know, Miami's going to be in a tough spot. I – just on back to that to a thing the, the only thing if i was trying to counter that position i would say what you should be doing is using it in the opposite order that you put fitzpatrick in there and then treat Tua like a closure like a closer oh you're up 14 with fitzpatrick okay take him out of the game put Tua in <laughs> you know you're gonna go run heavy short passes uh burn clock you know take away the risk at that point but that's that's something you definitely don't do in the NFL, and it's that would be a harder pill to swallow. Um, sorry, I think I might have missed it. Who do you have in this uh, Miami Buffalo game? I was hoping you were going to ask me. This. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no official word that Josh Allen is sitting yet, so I have to proceed like he's going to be playing. Based on that, I am baffled why this would even be a pick'em. The, the reason that it's a pick them on sports interaction tells me that they firmly believe that it's going to be what Matt Barkley. Yeah. I think there's a chance Matt Barkley with the rest of that roster could beat the dolphins, but I've always been a little higher on Matt Barkley than a lot of people going back to his days at USC. Was he a line? He was the guy after liner at UFC, right? After Leinart, I believe it was Matt Castle for a year. Okay, okay. And then it was Mark Sanchez. And then it was either John David Booty was either right before Sanchez or right after. But basically, after Sanchez or Booty, it was Barkley. Okay. And then from there, it was pretty much right into Darnold. Right. From how I remember it. How the mighty um, have fallen. Yeah, I mean, USC's... Uh, a premier program, but they're nowhere where they remember when Pete Carroll was there, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, they were well, the Alabama. I mean, Carroll, Carroll got out just in time to avoid yeah, no, all exactly. the, uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. all the absolutely. repercussions for what yeah. he was doing. Penny for Reggie Bush's thoughts, of course, yeah. but, yeah. um, and Lendale whites. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, USC used to be the Alabama, right? Um, the Alabama of current times, you could say. Uh, as far as this game goes, simple as this. Josh Allen plays, I'm taking the Bills, and if he doesn't, I'm taking the Dolphins. Uh, so let's proceed that he's going to play because we don't have word that he's not going to play, so I'll take the Bills. Okay. But again, if he doesn't play, give me the Dolphins. Seattle at San Francisco. San Francisco scared the hell out of a bunch of betters last week when they beat the shit out of Arizona because this game... You know, Seattle still has a chance at the one seed. So I think this game should probably be like Seattle by seven or something like that. Uh, maybe even eight. It is on one side. I've got it here at six. I thought I saw it at four on Sports Interaction earlier. Do you have that up? Five and a half on okay. SI. So like, yeah, I would think you just take Seattle here. But a team that shouldn't be playing for anything played for something last week. That defense looks scary. 
Um, I'm taking Seattle, but I do not love it. What do you think? I'm taking Seattle. I think they cover the five and a half. The needle mover for me for San Francisco is rookie wideout Brandon Ayuk. He's not playing in this game. That's enough for me to to really squelch any notion I have or any inkling to take San Francisco. Uh, I am like what I've seen out of Jeff Wilson Jr. But, yeah, I, it's Seahawks win this game. I sound like a broken record. I, I don't think DK Metcalf's getting enough balls. I think he needs to get more balls. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah, I mean, Seattle's finally getting some healthy running backs going. Things are looking good there. And I hate to toot my own horn, but I feel like I was kind of saying for a while there that they were going to get the defense turned around. And, all you know, it looks like so far I was right about that. The defense is playing a lot better than they were. And in my mind, Pete Carroll has done it again. He's turned around a unit that was low on talent, coached them up like he always has, and he's getting results. Um, Obviously, no Nick Mullins for San Francisco. And again, uh, I think Brandon Ayuk is one of the bigger, better talents in this league that is not yet a household name. I'd rate him right up there with Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. I'm I'm in a keeper league where I've got I'm just stacked at wideout, and I mean I'm we keep six guys and I'm tr- I'm doing everything I can. I, I've got Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, and Alan Robinson, all three of which were top ten receivers, no matter the scoring format. I'm trying so hard to move one of those. Won't be Metcalf, but to the, just thinking of the notion of not keeping a guy like Brandon Ayuk when I know what is on the way for him. Because here's the deal. Looking forward with Jimmy G, assuming Jimmy G's not back, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and the 49ers aren't going backwards at quarterback. It's either Jimmy G's back or they're getting an upgrade. They're not going backwards. We all know that. I haven't heard this rumor yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing some Matt Ryan to San Francisco rumors. Now, I know there's some complicated money. There's some there's some complicated contracts. Matty Ice would probably have to sign off on that. But if you think back to arguably his most successful year was when Shanahan was the OC in Atlanta. And I, I, I feel if they move on from Jimmy G, they're going to be looking for an upgrade. And, you know, if it's up to Shanahan, uh, Matt Ryan might be that guy. What do you think? Yeah, I like there's there's a few guys that might move from their current home and i think san francisco is a destination for all of them right uh what how would kyle shanahan like to have carson wentz how would kyle shanahan like to have matt ryan back how would kyle shanahan like to have matthew stafford in the fold Mm -hmm. i think they would shy away from stafford and wentz because of injury concerns with both those guys and just coming off the jimmy g situation they don't want to deal with that shit again yeah so I mean, I think Matt Ryan is the obvious fit there. Yep. The The money is the issue. Um, yep. San Francisco's given out a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball in the last yep. few years. They'd have to get a little creative. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that's a real great call. And Yeah, I, I, I'll i go back to my line stick. I don't think Stafford's going anywhere. I think he's there for at least one more year. And, yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think Matt Ryan makes too much sense at this point. Again, that's if Jimmy G goes because if Jimmy – they're not going backwards, I promise you. If he leaves, it's for a perceived upgrade. Oh. All right, we've got uh, 35 minutes for eight games here. 
uh, Arizona at LA. Um, I would be picking LA here if they had their starting quarterback. The fact that they were have such little faith in their backup that they just kept running Jared Goff out there with one thumb uh, tells me that the backup's probably not that good. Give me Arizona. Who do you got here? Yeah, I mean, it's a real shame we're not seeing Jared Goff versus Kyler Murray here. What a... I can only imagine what the league office uh, thinks about this. Um, two, not only two backups, but two backups that even hardcore fantasy fans can't even name. Oh, it looks like Murray's yeah. starting, by the way. Oh, okay, he's back. Okay, I, I thought uh, they were going to have to go with plan B. Jeez, um, uh, that's uh, a lot better. Um, yeah, I've got ESPN just uh, did 2.30 my time, so about an hour and a half ago. Okay, so probably right when we started. Kyler Murray says he'll play in must-win game for Arizona. Perfect, perfect. Um, yeah, well then, I was already taking Arizona, so you better believe I'm taking Arizona now. Uh, the Rams are just way too beat up. Uh, they've got a couple of high ankle sprains in the running back room on that three-headed monster, so it looks like it's going to be the Malcolm Brown show. Akers and Henderson are out. I'll tell you, Jared Goff's a tough son of a bitch. I don't know if you saw that thumb dislocation. Oh, but the, yeah. guy didn't, the guy didn't even miss a snap. I mean, he popped it back in himself, didn't miss a snap. So, uh, sure, he also played like shit after that happened. Not still, I, 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 I mean, I tough could... son, like tough son of a bitch. Yes, I am not arguing that point. Yeah. I, it is on McVeigh or somebody in that organization to say like, hey, you, like, you can't throw the ball. You're missing your thumb. <laughs> you know, we, we're gonna have to put in a guy in there who has a thumb still, because we think that's well, important in throwing a football. We'll see what we get out of Wolford. Yeah, but and that's what I makes th- me think he must be fucking terrible. Yeah, I think McVeigh thought that uh, even a compromised Goff gave them the best chance. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was the uh, the toughest uh, highlight of the week for sure. Um, as far and, as this game goes. Sorry, just one last piece on that. If Wolford comes out and lights it up this week, you have to ask serious questions about them not making that decision last week. Yep. Right, because if this guy's actually That's marginally right. competent, you were playing for the fucking conference or pardon me, your your division. Like you gotta pull the trigger there. So again, I think he's gonna be shit, but if he lights it up, we have questions to ask. Absolutely. Uh, what's the line for that game? Uh, Bet three six five has it at three. I'm not even not even sure SI showing it right. I've now. got a two and a half. Okay, yeah, three and a half. Or no, no. Yeah, no, I think they took it down. I've got a two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's there. Uh, just between the Pittsburgh game and the Green Bay game. Okay, yeah, it's back. I just refreshed. It appeared back. Um, I think they... I must have not refreshed since the start of the show. They must have been uh, waiting on the Kyler Murray mm-hmm. word there. Or the news yeah. just came out, so they readjusted. Yeah, Cardinals minus two and a half. I think they cover that for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bet that two and a half. I don't love the three, but the two and a half I have interest in. Uh Jacksonville at Indy. Um Indy playing for something, Jacksonville not. This isn't a complicated game. Give me Indy. Yep. James Robinson officially shut down. Uh no chance for the Jags. Colts win. Yeah. Congratulations on Trevor Lawrence. It's a big line, though, 14. How do you feel about that? Not touching it. I have no interest. Yeah. Like, too big a number. They should cover that, but, like, it's there's just no... It could be a backdoor. Yeah. 
yeah, giant backdoor with that team. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this being a four o'clock game, they're going to know whether this game matters or not. You know what I mean? Like if all three of those teams win their early games, then Indy might just be like, all right, well, we'll rest guys too because we're not playing for anything now. Um. Oh, I guess not because Tennessee's there. So yeah, no. It's, yeah, the 14's huge. Okay, Tennessee at Houston. Tennessee wins this game. The seven and a half, I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that number, so I'm not going to bet it, but Tennessee should win. Yeah, I think they covered the seven and a half. I really think that's all that needs to be said there, right? I mean, yeah. Houston, you got to feel bad for Deshaun Watson. He doesn't have much help out there. Yeah, J.J. Watt gave a really good, impassioned speech um, about playing for your fans and, and things like that. And I, I thought it was really nice, and everyone kind of rallied behind him and was like, yeah, man, fuck yeah, yeah, man. And I, in general, agree with that. Um then you go out and lose to the Bengals. Uh, well, this was after the Bengals game. They were like, oh, how okay. are you going to get motivated for next week? And he was like, we have all these fans that care about us and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, it's the like, NFL. So does everybody. Yeah. So And that's and that's fine. I just had a like little internal laugh of him going through that whole uh, kit and caboodle. And then like almost for sure his brother is going to rest this week. Right. So this idea that you owe the fans your best effort every week, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. not a family trait. Um, they're too busy counting that subway money yeah exactly Uh, Las Vegas at Denver listen I'm taking Denver here I don't love it I don't love either team I'm just going to take the home team with a real home field advantage with the outdoor weather for a team coming from the desert and altitude um, when both teams really don't have anything to play for so give me Denver here what do you got I'm taking the Raiders. I think they finished strong. I still think uh, the Raiders are going to be going places uh, next year, going forward under Gruden, under Mayock. I still believe in the plan. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Raiders. I think they finished strong. I really do. I, I think they would be – really, this is quite a matchup of tight ends. Uh, I'm probably way too high on Noah Fant compared to most people, but I firmly believe that I mean, if you take Travis Kelsey out of the picture, Darren Wall is the best tight end in football right now. Um, I think he has the potential to set some pretty scary records going forward. Um, and I think no offense, not far behind him talent-wise. I, I think no offense just needs to stay on the field and have a little more consistency around him. I didn't like what I saw at Jerry Judy last week. I think he's got to play better. I think he was pretty frustrated with himself. But other than that, yeah, Raiders win here and they cover the two and a half. Chargers at Kansas City. Uh, I put Kansas City before realizing that the Chargers or, or that they were going to rest everyone. Um, I, I've just heard Mahomes officially, I, I, yeah. but I would assume that that's just a ripple effect for more. Tell you what, I'm I'm going to stick with Kansas City here. I just this is a bet against Anthony Lynn. Um, now listen, I I made a mis- It's last week. I bet Denver on the, or pardon me, I, I said on this show Denver at the road and then game time came and I was like, oh yeah, give me the Chargers minus two and a half. So it's really not until I'm putting money into the world that I my, my uh, head gets clear, I think. Um, and, and this might be the same case, but I'm, I'm going to take Kansas City here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, you know, we already talked about Justin Herbert. I believe in him. I believe in the talent that they've got at wide out. 
I'm taking the charges as simple as that. Uh, I think Chad Henney is probably still one of the plus backups across the league, but I, I think you take Mahomes out of the picture. And again, I have to assume that if they're going to sit Mahomes, then, you know, Tyreek Hill's probably going to sit. And with Edwards Alaire banged up, uh, you know, I think it would probably be the responsible thing to, to sit Le'Veon Bell if they view him as their quote unquote Bell car going forward, even though he hasn't shown a lick of anything. Yeah, I'm going to take the charges here. Uh, Green Bay at Chicago. So how's this for a bet? I was funny enough that we got on the Green Bay game right as I was putting this together here. Green Bay money line, Tampa Bay money line, parlay minus 108. Like bet 108 to win 100. That se- that seems like, I mean, it seems like easy money, which is always scary, but. I, I don't think Chicago is competitive in this game. I think we are forgetting how good Aaron Rodgers is. They had one game where Marlon Mack ruined that game for him. I don't expect that to be a thing again. Green Bay is toying with their food, but not in the way Kansas City was where they let them get back in the game. They're just gutting people. Give me Green Bay here. What do you think? I haven't heard of the Packers potentially resting anybody, right? I mean, they're still playing for that number one seed. Am exactly. I wrong? Yeah, the NFC, yeah. all three top teams. Like Green Bay wins, they get the one seed, but yeah. um, and they could we lose all know the We all know the Bears are going to be coming out playing hard. We all know uh, they need a win to have any shot. Win and they're in. Yeah. Um, I know Trubisky has been playing admirable football of late. Maybe the best football of his career, really. But, uh, yeah, taking Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and the Packers here, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's going to be a close ball game. I think the, the Packers cover the five and a half. And, really, it just makes me wonder out loud, who's the MVP this year, Mahomes, Rodgers, or Josh Allen? Um, I, I think it's got to be Rodgers, right? Yeah, I mean... I, I just I know it was against the Patriots the other night, but boy did Josh Allen look good. Oh, whoops! Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's I don't think Josh Allen's in the conversation anymore. Unfortunately, uh, tell you this, I mean they've won seven. I don't think of he's eight. in the conversation. No, 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 I don't. I don't think he's. In, I think it's Mahomes or Rogers. I think. Josh Allen's going to finish third regardless. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I don't know that that's right. I mean, that's what I was going to say here is that like, listen, the bills have won seven of their last eight. And the one that they lost was on that hail Mary bullshit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I know how important Mahomes is. I mean, look, I just picked against the chiefs and I know how important Rogers is. And maybe I take the MVP to literally most valuable player. I always just try to subtract players and think about it. I, from, I mean, if you take Josh Allen, and maybe we will see. Maybe if they do rest him, we will get a glimpse. I just feel like, man, he's done more for that team than any player this year. Yeah. Um, Saints at Carolina. Carolina beat Washington. Dwayne Haskins has since been released. Does Dwayne Haskins play in the NFL again? Well, funnily enough, uh, it sounds like these Carolina Panthers have shown some interest in him. Yeah, I him. did hear that too. Yeah, And, I mean, they've got uh, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, and they've got P.J. Walker on the roster. So, I mean, they do have two of those style quarterbacks. So, 
you know, it could make some sense. I think he does play in the NFL again. I mean, the guy was a a first round pick not even two full years ago. Um, yeah, but I'm I not mean, sure not, not gonna... to not to shit talk the guy, but like the only reason he was a first round pick was because Dan Snyder did a Dan Snyder thing. Well, I think some team was going to pick him in the late first round, early second round, regardless. You okay, know, but but if he was pick number. And, and I don't mean to be argumentative about this. This is just like a, a legitimate question, I think. If he was pick number 34, does someone take a chance on him again? It's harder for former second rounders than it is first rounders. But usually if you're a second rounder, you still get plenty of second chances too. Yeah. You know, there is a shortage of starting level quarterbacks, no matter how we uh, crumble the cookie. I think he's in a kind of a similar situation to Cam Newton, even though they're at various different age points, mileage points, uh, really career accomplishment points. I, I think, I think, yeah. I think he's going to settle into a backup role and he'll be the kind of guy that he could really benefit from an injury. Like, you know, after everybody's counting him out and okay, you know, he's going to be a career backup, maybe an injury ahead of him. And then he runs with a job and suddenly, it's a Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee situation. I don't think he's ever going to play to those levels, but I, I think maybe he could fall ass backwards into another starting gig if if a couple lucky breaks break his way. But I, I think talent-wise, he's shown that he's not a starting quarterback or as yeah. what you would say a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I, I, uh, I would not want him on the Steelers. I'll put it that way. I don't like Mason Rudolph one bit, and I would not take him over Mason Rudolph. Um, especially just with that off the field nonsense. And it sounds like, um, you know, some of the stuff I've, I've been, you know, seeing, reading, hearing, whatever is like that he's been, uh, you know, typically when you're the backup, right. When he had to back up, um, Alex Smith or, or Kyle Allen, usually when you're the backup that, you know, quarterback comes off the field, you're in his back pocket, right. You're right there looking over plays, sitting beside him, seeing what's going on. Sounds like this guy was down at the other end of the bench, just like staring off in the distance half the fucking time. Um, and if that's true, like I'm just not bringing the guy in. Like it, it, it just doesn't seem like someone who cares about football to me. Um, what game are we on? I think we're coming to the Washington Philly yeah, we, uh, flex we, game. Yeah, we both pick New Orleans, right? Oh so, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's yeah, I'm. I'm Okay. I'm not picking at New Orleans at this point. They still have something to play for. Yeah. That's all I need to know. I mean, Alvin Kamara, six touchdowns. You know, should have really been seven. Should've... Yeah, it should have yeah. been seven. I mean, Taysom, him, Taysom Hill flat out vultured that. I don't know why he didn't put him in there. I don't no, know. I know. Like, why did Sean not put that guy in there? That was wild. And then I heard boos, and I thought, like, oh, wild of Fox to flex in those boos. But it's like, no, no, they had, like, a 1,000 fans there that were booing, yeah. not bringing him out there. As they should have. As they Yeah, should've. agreed. Uh, all right, Washington at Philly. Um, it sounds like Alex Smith is back, so I'm picking Washington. If it's anybody but Alex Smith, I'm picking Philly. What do you got? And actually, I sorry, mean, the only other thing I'd say here is Jalen Hurts looked like a rookie quarterback last week yeah. against a Dallas defense that is not that good. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't a first-round quarterback for a reason. I'm taking Washington here, right? I mean, they win... And the Dallas game becomes moot, right? 
or the results of the Dallas game, which we will know going into this game. Uh, some people were asking why the league didn't flex the Rams Cardinals game instead of this game. I hate to bring it back, but even when the NFC East is falling on hard times, it's still a premier division in this league. Uh, East Coast bias, right? I mean, look at these two markets and then look at the two markets that have direct implications here with Dallas and New York. The NFC East will always reign dominant. It's just the way it's always going to be. People better get used to it. This is a classic example of it. Um, yeah, Washington has everything to play for. Minus one and a half spread. I think they cover that. It doesn't sound like Alex Smith's going to be 100%, though. Um, yeah. At real risk of an in-game injury. And honestly, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't even know who's behind him at this point. Uh, it's it's Heineke or whatever his name is. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I think that's all you need to know there. Did you see that clip of Ron Rivera uh, retread? Did you see that clip of um, uh, who's ninety nine? The defensive lineman, Chase um, Young. Chase Young. Yeah, he the he, presumptive uh, defensive player of the year. Yes, uh, rookie of the year. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, rookie. Of the year. Don't you take that away from TJ? Although I still think it should be Donald, no. but that's you know, that's just me. Um, I, you know, the, Chase Young comes out and is like. Uh, all right, Rook, go get him. Show him what he can do. He's like, that's what I do. Like, they were really, like, it was a nice piece of leadership from Chase Young, but also, like, this Heineke kid's got confidence. Like, that's a guy you want in the fucking, in, in the huddle with you, I think. Uh, with that said, I, I, I don't think they even beat Philly, though, um, if they don't have Alex Smith in there. And a compromise Smith makes it questionable as well. I will say this, just being a little self-indulgent, um, I have a $100 bet on the Dallas Cowboys at plus 800 to win the NFC East. Um, I took a little bit of my winnings from my previous NFC East bet a few weeks ago and, and moved it over that way. I plan to be hedging the fuck out of that with Alex Smith starting this week. Like I am going to put a significant amount of money on the New York Giants. And if they end up not covering, uh, I will put a significant amount of money behind Washington and just hedge my way out of that to make sure it's profitable either way. Um. Just a quick injury update for Washington. Yeah. Uh, scary Terry McLaurin, currently in a walking boot with a high ankle sprain. Doubtful. There are some reports that is a little glass half full. Some people claim he's going to play, but, man, if you're still in a walking boot with a high ankle sprain, you didn't play the week before. It's not looking good. Yeah, and doubtful now, is 25% or something. Like, doubtful yeah. Doubtful is basically out in most cases. Yeah. Um, drastically different offense when he's not out there, no matter yeah. who's been under center as we've talked about on this show. Yeah. I think Gibson was back though, right? Yeah. It's sounding like, uh, I mean, he's still officially listed as questionable, but I think he's expected to play. Yeah. And JD McIsaac, uh, really, really quite a pickup for this Washington team. I, I always thought, uh, Seattle should have held on to him. And then, you know, to see him go through Detroit and I think there was somewhere else in between, but yeah. They've uh, hit lightning ball with him. Yeah. Um, I will note, just because you mentioned Detroit running backs, uh, there was a point in the uh, first half of that game where Detroit was down to 20 points, I think it was. And whatever fucking doofus was doing commentary on that game goes like, well, this is the time you got to get Adrian Peterson in there and really establish the run. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, down 20 against Tampa Bay. Let's try to establish the run. 
Sounds yeah. like a good plan, bud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking wild. It's wild how some of these guys get NFL commentating jobs. It really is. It's like, I get that they're former players, but it's like, if you're a former player that knows nothing about the macro game, you shouldn't be talking about the fucking game. I, that, that's just how I feel about that. Um, all right. We've got about uh, 10 minutes left here. Anything you want to touch on? Actually, can I touch on the Snell trade before we go into anything else? Yeah. You, how about you, Darvish, too? That's crazy. Yeah. I my The only reason I want to talk about the Snell trade, we will never find out, or if we do, it'll be in a book somewhere 20 years from now. I am convinced, no matter what anyone says, that Snell or his agent quietly made it known to get me the fuck out of there. That if you're going to pull me from a fucking World Series game the third time through the lineup, I don't want to pitch here. I'm a stud. I expect to be treated like a stud. Get me out of this trash organization. I don't think it were those exact words, but I, I really think there is a link between how he was treated in that World Series and him leaving the organization. What do you think? I think it's the Rays being the Rays. I think when they signed him to that contract, they had no intention of fulfilling it and paying all that money. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's something the mid-2000s, 2010 Rays would have done, and I think it's something especially the 2020 Rays would do under Kevin Cash using, you know, the whole opening method and kind of not really using a traditional rotation as he has been. Yeah, so I, I think it's – I wouldn't be surprised, though, if, if he made that demand. It really wouldn't surprise me. But I think it's more the Rays being the Rays. And as far as the Darvish trade goes – uh, the Cubs have always been my NL team. So I, I feel a responsibility to say this is them waving the white flag. Uh, this is them giving up. This is them admitting that this group is no longer going to contend for a World Series. And you better believe that Chris Bryant will be the next man out the door. You can mark that and you can take that to the bank because I promise you that will be the case. Um, we could see that even maybe as soon as next week. He could be a, a Washington national for all I know. So, yeah, uh, the Cubs are giving up like cowards. Uh, this is an all-in move uh, for the Padres. Um, very impressive stuff out of that front office. I mean, this was, what, a Final Four team even before adding two bona fide recent Cy Young candidate, one of which won aces? Yeah. It's really something else, uh, and if I'm the if I'm the Dodgers, I'm sweating it. Yeah, they're coming for you. Like, yeah, could be interesting to see what football looks like this year. I figure with the vaccine and distribution and stuff like that, we're gonna see it. Um, we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see fans in the stands at football game again. The San Diego Padres became the first team in MLB history to land multiple top two Cy Young award finishers from the prior three years in the same offseason. Yeah. Not only that, they did it in a span of 24 hours, and they did not surrender any of their internal top 10 prospects. I mean, that right there will get you front office GM of the year, I would think. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And again, stay tuned, and we'll see how it plays out, but... I mean, going back to our preview show last year, that's that was my take on the Padres was that they just didn't have the arms. They didn't have the starting pitching, and boy, did they address that. in, uh, Like I said, a span of 24 hours, it's really, really something to uh, – I'm still trying to get over the Darvish. I, I've always been a huge Darvish fan going back to when he signed with Texas. 
wouldn't surprise me if some of his best baseball is still ahead of him with the way he bounced back last year and pitched for the for the Cubs. I think he's fully back on, and I think he's going to – I don't think he's done contending for Cy Young. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? A couple of UFC things. I see that Hamzat Chamayev, uh, Leon Edwards is off. Very disappointing to see that. It sounds like Chamayev is recovering slower than expected from COVID-19. His manager is claiming his lungs are still compromised. I have zero problem with that whatsoever. I just feel bad for Leon Edwards, man. The guy can't catch a break. He was one of the fighters most affected by COVID being stuck in England with all the mess that they're having there with constant lockdowns. Um, As a British national who was born in England and who still has half my family over there and who used to aspire to live over there long-term, I'll tell you, I can't be happier to live in Canada, especially Atlantic Canada right now. I would not want to live in, in the UK whatsoever. So what's going Like how bad are the lockdowns over there? It's just a mess, man. It's just a mess. Uh, they've got this, of course, this new UK variant has already shown up oh, in yeah. Canada and US. Which is apparently way more like like hyper, yep. hyper. Uh, I mean, I mean, look at the uh, the Brody Lee death. Look at, uh, there was a, 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 con- a congressman elect from Louisiana in his early 40s who passed away of COVID-19 last night. Not- I mean, there's... Just to, to clarify, the Brody Lee death was not COVID. I, I heard it was lung COVID related. It is it is lung, but not COVID related. Okay, I I had read that wrong, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's no. I don't want to get all conspiracy theorists on you, but uh, when we see a pathogen mutate this quick, this many times, it leads me to believe that it was man-made. I didn't want to arrive at that conclusion, but every day we go through this, uh, I'm faced with more and more evidence that points me in that nature. And we all know who would have uh, man-made it. Uh, Look who is benefiting uh, economically by it the most. Uh, All answers point back to China, of course. Um, But yeah, no, rough times in England. And just to tie back to Leon Edwards, uh, I was really dismayed to see this fight fall through. Uh, he was really the lone guy that stepped up and said he'd fight Chamayev. I mean, everyone had been ducking him for weeks and weeks and months and months. Edwards finally said he'd fight him. I would love to see them somehow get him and Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal together. I think there's still some unfinished business there from the three-piece and soda incident. I still think we got to get them in an octagon and have them settle that business. But it does sound like it's going to be Covington Masvidal at some point, so that would probably ruin that. And I know Dana's not going to do that. Um, so one last thing before we go off the air here: line is moving drastically. Sports Interaction has moved Dallas to one and a half point favorites off three. Bet three six five is still offering three, but at minus one thirty, and Pinnacles at two and a half, but with the juice the other way. So something's happening that we don't know about here. Money's coming in on the Giants like crazy. Yeah, I just refreshed the page. Yeah, SI down to one and a half. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tiger Woods turns forty five today, which uh, makes me feel incredibly old. All right. Well, as always, we thank you all for listening. My name is Charles. He's Nick Smart. We wish you a happy new year, and we will talk to you again next week to preview the National Football League playoffs. Take care.